After 200 games, border closures, crackdowns and controversies, only one match remains to decide the 2021 NRL Telstra Premiership. And what a grand final it is shaping up to be. South Sydney against Penrith, Bennett v Cleary. For the Panthers, it's a rare shot at redemption. For the Rabbitohs, it's all about the coach, the captain and Benji. What it means is we have a massive inside the NRL coming your way, so let's get to it. Will they or won't they play? We reveal the injury concerns for both teams. Storm Premiership winner Billy Slater joins us live to tell us where it all went wrong for Melbourne and why he's ready to become Billy the coach. And on Rugby League's Night of Nights, we look at the contenders for the 2021 Dally and Medal. Welcome to Grand Final Week, and this year we have the most unlikely of Grand Finals. The South Sydney Rabbitohs will take on the Penrith Panthers in Sunday's Decider. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. We absolutely love this time of the year. Billy Slater will join us shortly, but speaking of Premiership winners, Jamie Soward, you did it 11 years ago. You must love this time of the year. Yeah, I do, and it's probably the perfect Grand Final in terms of build-up yeah, after what we saw with these two teams a couple of weeks ago. But the one thing about Grand Final Week, it goes very, very quickly, uh, and as a player, you love the attention, but you also love the fact that when you get out on training, you probably appreciate it a little bit more. I can't believe he's not wearing the ring. Like every year you've worn I know. He walked in. He walked into the I office know. today and said, I forgot my ring, so maybe next week. Michael I think Chamis. Indiana's playing with Barbies or something like that. <laughs> Michael Chamis from the uh, Sydney Morning Herald as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I bet you wish you were up there in Brisbane this week. I do. I wish. Well, I do wish I was up there. Also, I would love to have seen this grand final in Sydney. Uh, divide East versus West, Penrith, East versus... I'll get it out. East versus West, Penrith versus South Sydney. It would have been uh, fantastic, but still good to see a grand final in Brisbane. Yeah, after week one of the finals, Jamie Sauer described it as the dream grand final. It was highly unlikely after the Rabbitohs beat Penrith in an upset in week one. Sowie, the dream has now become a reality. Did you ever think it would? Uh, no, I thought that Melbourne yeah, probably saved their best, yeah, worst for last, but... The way that Penrith have been defensively, they're always in with a chance, and that's what they've been able to do. Regardless of what they've done attacking-wise, and we know that the struggles they've had, defensively that has given this team confidence. And for the first time, Chemis, on the weekend, I saw the swagger back. You know, when Cleary puts that kick in for Crichton, the jumping around, the Luai, Tavita Pangai, like, it all went up as one. That was, like, the perfect part to get... You know, the Penrith Panthers back on track. So if, if memory serves you correctly, you laughed at me last week when I said to you that going against Melbourne in a prelim final and going in as underdogs would serve them well because for that reason and that reason only, that they would get their confidence back given the fact that they'd go into games with expectation and carrying that burden on their shoulders. They went into that game carefree and they went out there and played as if they just didn't care like they did for many the last couple of years in many of those wins. So I think it, as we're seeing a Penrith Panther side that we had seen for such a long time before. It's good to see that they now look like they're enjoying their footy. I would hope their expectation is very high. It should be. You, know, that, you don't go into those games believing that you can. My point about it was that they, they shouldn't be carefree. They, they are favourites this week. This regardless week, of last what, week, everyone was right. Yeah, that's fine. And, and I was one of those players, but uh, one of those people. But you look at the way that they've defended. That hasn't changed. That was the thing that gave them a chance. That's the thing that makes them favourites this week. Take the, both the attacks out. The way they scrambled, the way they turned up for each other. And you know, the, the pressure gauge you know, got to Melbourne. They just kept turning away, turning away. And you know, I, I just haven't seen 
a team scramble like that and defend like that for a very long time. You know, Melbourne have been the pinnacle of what this competition has been at. They're the champs and they weren't able to crack the line. It was, it was remarkable. And one of the Melbourne Storm's former champion players joins us now. He's part of the Channel 9 commentary team. He's the new Queensland coach and he won a couple of comps with the Melbourne Storm. Billy Slater, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Nah, thanks for having me, guys. Billy, as Sowie just said, it was very un-Melbourne-like on Saturday afternoon. When did the alarm go off for you that they were off their game and you had real concerns about them uh, taking on or taking down the Panthers? Yeah, probably midway through the first half, Zach. It was it was very un-Melbourne-like. Uh, the errors that they um, they gave up, well, I think it was 16 in all in, in the game, but eight in the first half, um, you know, that was very um, untraditional for the Melbourne Storm and... Um, when, when you do that, you just allow not only good field position for the opposition, but you allow them to refuel their fuel tank. And, um, yeah, Penrith were, were too good for them defensively. Billy, one of the compliments that Melbourne have received this year is the fact that they looked as though they've transitioned seam seamlessly without Cameron Smith. On the weekend, though, it seemed as though they really missed his direction on the field. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I think they, I think they had done a really good job. Um, you know, the way that they utilised Brandon Smith and Harry Grant off the bench, I, I think Craig Bellamy has done a really good job this year. It's, it's not easy to, um, to say goodbye to the best player that's ever played the game and, and bring in a couple of young guys. Um, so look, I, all in all, I, I think they've, they've done really well. But when you take a guy like Cameron Smith out of the team, um, you, you're going to lack a little bit of something somewhere. And and what Cameron Smith brings, and I've, I've played over 300 games with the guy, it, he brings calmness. Um, and in, in situations on the weekend, there, there would have been times where, where Cameron would have controlled things. Um, he would have said, no, you're not getting the ball. You're going to get the ball and you're going to go there. I'm going to kick early. Um, so those 16 errors in the game maybe would have been reduced to 11 or 12. And that might have been the difference. Um, so what Cameron Smith brings to the team isn't ne necessarily on the stat sheet, but it, it, it brings so much. So um, although that they did transition really well from Cameron Smith, um, they would have liked him out there uh, halfway through that first half on the weekend. Bill, what about the loss of Brandon Smith and Christian Welch? Obviously, we saw Queensland, how much they missed you know, Welch through that Origin Series when he got knocked out in Game 1. But Brandon Smith this year, he's been fantastic defensively, but I think he's had that maturation of patience, of knowing when to go to Munster, knowing when to go to Hughes. Harry Grant's still raw in, in that Melbourne system and, and learning you know, when to dictate the terms through the middle of the pack. Did they, did they really miss Brandon Smith? Yeah, it was a double blow in, in two different ways. I think with Christian Welsh first, he is just, he's one of the elite front rowers of the competition and, and it's not through his, his brute sort of running game or um, his, his dynamic defence. It, it's, it's through all the little things he brings through the middle of the field. It's, it's putting pressure on the, the ball players, pressure on the kickers. It's uh, getting into legs. It's doing all those little, little dirty things. Uh, no, not dirty things, but little... Uh, Little things that you don't want to do in the game. And, and Christian Welsh has made it a big part of his game. Um, so that certainly hurt Melbourne defensively. And Brandon is just a dynamic dummy half. And he's got so much leg speed. He's, he's scored more than 10 tries this year. And, um, you know, in a close game like the weekend, you know, Brandon Smith might have burrowed over for, from dummy half or, or created something out of there. So, um, yeah, that certainly hurt him. But um, at the same time, they've still got so much strike in the team. But they just didn't play as well 
as a team as they have this year. Billy, Melbourne's production line of talent in recent years has been the envy of the entire NRL. When one big name leaves, another player steps up, whether it be your exit followed by you know, Ryan Pappenhaus and Nico Hines. But how do Melbourne fill the shoes of Dale Finucane, Josh Haddokar and Nico Hines? They don't seem to have the same depth, depth as they've had in recent years. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really hard. And, and Craig Bellamy said in his post-match press conference on the weekend that you know Dale Finucane, if 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 he had a young guy at the club and he wanted to teach him how to prepare for a game, he'd just say go and watch Dale Finucane, and that's what it takes to be a consistent NRL footballer. And um, you know he just leads by example. Um, Nico Hines has just come along in leaps and bounds this year. He's he's been Melbourne's leading try assist. Uh, this year and um, yeah, he's only had minimal time in the starting side with um, Ryan Pappenhausen coming back at the back end of the year and and Josh Adokar, well he scored 102 tries in 127 games so uh, near irreplaceable that, those sort of stats uh, look, Melbourne's, they've had history in doing this, Craig Bellamy is, is the best at it and he's set up a, a system and a foundation at the club that any player that comes in has, has just got to perform a role. Uh, Xavier Coates is coming to the club and he's got a huge future in front of him. So I'm sure they'll get to work through the preseason and, and develop the players to fill those holes. Billy, we're going to give you a little origin audition, right? In, in a few months' time, or probably you know, eight months' time, you're going to sit down and do a lot of homework on Nathan Cleary. If you're Wayne Bennett this weekend, what are you saying to the players about how to shut down Nathan Cleary and limit his involvement? Well, I wouldn't be talking to anyone individually. Um, I'd be talking to collectively the team. Um, when you're trying to shut down an individual play, you need to do it uh, as 13 men. And it all starts with understanding the way that they play, understanding their traits and their patterns, and, and going out there and um, coming up with a, a game plan defensively to, to shut that down. So, um, yeah. This week won't be anything individual for, for Nathan Cleary. It'll be collectively as a, t as a team. It'll be turning the ball over in, in good field position, making sure you get good line speed. Um, you know, you don't let those ball players dictate to your defensive line. You want your defensive line to move up and, and dictate to them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not like any one thing when, you, when you're taking on a guy like Nathan Cleary because he's, he's got so many um, different weapons in his kit bag. But... Um, it's collectively, that's for sure. But knowing his shoulder is hanging on by a thread, do you throw more at him? Is, does that go into the, to the game plan at all? Yeah, that can that can come unstuck as well. If you uh, if you go in there with a with a game plan trying to exploit Nathan Cleary defensively, because what I've learned over the last oh, seven or eight weeks is is he's a tough he's a tough young man and. Um, and I don't think it's it's going to hurt him. Um, he's going to put his body on the line. He's going to put his body in front, and he's going to continually come at you. So, to be honest, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be talking about that this week. I'd be talking about the strengths of of my team, um, and they've got so many strengths, South Sydney. So, I I wouldn't be focusing on uh, trying to exploit an injury or or going out there trying to get to a, a certain position. It, it'll be it'll be play to your strengths and get the job done. Bill, twice you won grand finals after you losing the year before. How does the preparation change for Penrith going into it? And, and what do they draw on from lo last year's loss ahead of this weekend? It's a huge motivation. It is a huge motivation. And, and especially for the players, and it's the majority of them, that haven't won a grand final. I think Abby Coruscant is the only premiership winner in, um, in the Panthers team. So for those 
other 16 men that'll take the field on Sunday, that they'll have this burning desire to go out there and, and right the wrongs. Um, the other thing it does bring is it brings a little bit of pressure because if you can, if you let your mind slip into the result-driven mode and you think, I could be going into two grand finals and losing both of them. So it, it puts a little bit of pressure on you, but it, there's no doubt that there's a burning desire that has been there for 12 months and, and you saw a, a little bit of relief after the game against Melbourne on the weekend there, um, the elation that, that they showed and the celebration. Um, but the job's not done yet. They've got a South Sydney Rabbitohs team to overcome and um, they're, they're just primed. You need a little bit of luck to go your way to win a premiership and it's falling in the way of South Sydney at the minute. Billy, the commentary when Latrell got Mitchell was that Souths were done. Blake Taft's come in, he's done a, a terrific job in his rookie season. Is that a lot to do with what he's been able to do or the way South Sydney have been able to, to help him out with the systems they have at the club? Yeah, both. Both. I, 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 was, I was the same. I thought when Latrell Mitchell goes down, like how do you win a premiership without your, your best player and your most dynamic player, a biggest strike weapon? And I thought this is going to be really hard. Um, but... Wayne Bennett, he's done it. He's done it before and he's instilled a whole heap of confidence in this young man. And Blake hasn't overplayed his hand. He's gone out there and he's pulled the trigger when he's when he's had to, but um, he's played that real controlled, mature, um, you know, for one of a better word. For a young man, he's, he's been really mature. Like he's put his body on the line there. He, he set up a couple of tries on the weekend and uh, I've just been really impressed with Blake. But again, it's it's the whole team. You know, Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, Damian Cook, they've they've all taken that ownership and taken on a, a little bit more responsibility now. Uh, Latrell Mitchell's not there. I, I can't help but feel a little bit shortchanged that Latrell's not going to be out there on Sunday. But I've been really impressed with this young man, Blake Taff. Bill, Benji Marshall goes into the grand final on the weekend, potentially his last game. You did that in 2018. Yeah. How did you feel knowing that it was going to be your last game? Well, it was a, it was a bit of a different week for me. I, <laughs> I didn't know whether I was playing for the first three or four days. And then, um, and then I, I, I beat a judiciary charge. And um, yeah, it didn't pan out all that well for me. Uh, and and after, after being involved in successful um, grand final days. Uh, I, I tell you what, the, the ones where you don't win are, are, are really hard to take. And um, yeah, it wasn't great, but I'm really happy for Benji. Uh, Benji's been such a great player. And over the last couple of years, two or three, four years, I, I, I just, I've loved the way that he has this love for the game. He's playing the game for love. He's not playing the game for money. He, you know, through his career, he's, he's been the marquee man. He's been the, um, the big names player. And, now he, he's just a role player and he's really comfortable being that role player because he's he's enjoying his football. So um, there's some great stories in, in South Sydney this weekend. You've got, you got Benji Marshall playing his last game, I, I think. I don't know if he's officially announced his retirement, but I, I couldn't imagine him going on if he again if he wins this grand final. Adam Reynolds is leaving the club from a South Sydney junior and, and Wayne Bennett, it's his, um, it's his last game as, as coach of South Sydney. So... There's some great storylines around South Sydney and they're going to get a lot of support. Billy, can you give us uh, an insight into grand final psyche? Because the Penrith Panthers last year, and a lot of the guys, well, Zach would know this, they opened, them, opened themselves up. We heard all their stories. They were happy to do everything. They took everything in their stride. This year, though, it seems as they're, they're trying to keep everything in-house and not get too caught up in all the noise and this positive stories. Does that play a factor at all in grand final week? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Like at the end of the day, you just want to get to what is it, seven o'clock on on Sunday night in the best physical best mental shape that that you can be and everyone's different like you see the Penrith boys they've got the they got the beatbox and you know all the all the ghetto blasters and all that but that's them yeah that's how they play their football and that's how they've grown up so it's it's not unusual for them and other people like to be quiet and you know, everyone's got their preparation I, I think you need to you take grand final week as grand final week you you can't approach it and and shut everything out because it's it's a week to celebrate it's a week to enjoy um, but at the same time, you, you, the 80 minutes of footy is is the most important throughout the whole week. So get your preparation right, enjoy the week, but um, you know, you've got to go out there and perform. All right, Billy, with all that said, it's prediction time. Who gets their hands on the Proven Summons Trophy and who's your Clive Churchill medalist? Yeah, oh, look, uh, I think this is going to come down to who who's fit. Yeah, I, I like Penrith because of that that 12 month of heartache. Um, I, I think they're a, a really gutsy side. They, we know that they've got points in them. They've scored plenty of points throughout the last two seasons and they've got some great strike, um, but it's their defense. And we all know defense wins premierships. I, I, I just can't help but feel if, if James Fisher Harris doesn't play, Tavita Pangai doesn't play, Moses Leotas, there's a question mark over him also. Uh, it's building for South Sydney. And like I said before, you need a little bit of luck or something to go your way um, to win a win a premiership and everything is just falling in in place for South Sydney. Um, I know they haven't got Latrell, but they haven't had him for the last four or five weeks, and they've become accustomed to play with this young uh, Blake Taff. And uh, yeah, everything's building for them, so um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I I really don't know. I'm going to I'm going to tip Penrith um, only because you know they've got a very similar side to last year. Uh, Nathan Cleary will win the Clive Churchill if Penrith win. Billy, we can't let you off the hook and let you go without talking about Queensland and, and your role with the QRL next year. At what point do you start planning for 2022 Origin Series and what, do you give it to Monday to call Wayne and see if he's interested in helping you out next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, um, over the next two or three months, we'll, we'll start to assemble uh, a support staff around the players and that'll, that'll be assistant coaches and, and, and all the support staff that goes into... Uh, preparing for a game so um, look I, I don't want to single any any one person out but there, there are so many great ex-players ex-coaches uh, mentors that have been involved with Queensland Rugby League that um, w- would be great for a position um, but we'll, we'll sit down I'll sit, I'll sit down with the QRL over the coming months and and we'll put out a framework of of what we think is best for the players because at the end of the day every decision we make will be uh, in the best interests for the players to go out there and perform their best in that 80 minutes of footy. So, um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to throw any names out there and there's been plenty of names in the media, but, um, you know, they're all well credentialed and, um, yeah, the more great Queenslanders we can have in and around these, these young players, the better. Hey, Billy, why now? Why, why does Billy Slater go into coaching now at this point in his life? Why not? Uh, that, that's probably more the question. Why, why not? And um, I don't think I'm going to be. A, I don't think I'm going to understand the game in three years' time better than I do now. I, I think I know the game as good as I've ever known the game, and um, it's important for me to remember that that I'm not doing something that that I don't know about. Like rugby league is is the one thing in my life that I've I've 
I've put so much time and energy and study into. I, I didn't study a whole heap as a kid going to school, but I can tell you over the last 20 years, I've I've studied my backside off to, to understand the game of rugby league and not just my position, all other positions. I've been in and around some great coaches and great organisations. That doesn't mean I'm going to be a successful coach, but um, you know, I'm very passionate about Queensland and I'm, I'm going to go in there and, and give it my all. Billy, is this, is this just an itch you want to scratch or is, there, is this the start of something that you want to build as a coach going forward for many years? Yeah, no, no I, I wasn't itchy, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even see myself as, as a coach, you know, five or six years ago. Um, you know, someone raised it from the QRL with me about eight or nine months ago. And to be honest, that was the first time I, I really considered um, taking the position. But like I said, I, I feel like I've got something to give. I'm very passionate about um, Queensland Rugby League, and it's really important to me. Um, you know, I feel like the, the young guys that are coming through are – our exciting, talented players, um, the current group, I think we've got a really good team and uh, it's up to me and, and the coaching staff to get the best out of them and, and give them a structure to play their best football. So uh, I'm under no illusions of, of what we're up against. I think Brad Fittler's done a fantastic job uh, with the unity around his culture and, um, you know, they're going to be a really tough opposition, but we're Queenslanders. Um, they get 17 players, we get 17 players and we'll see how we go. Billy, congratulations once again on the new gig. Thanks for your incredible insight once again. And you know you are uh, our number one friend of the show. So thanks for joining us on Inside the NRL and Grand Final Week. No worries, fellas. Have a great week. We will. One of the most insightful analysts of the game. And remember, you can catch uh, Billy Slater and the gang uh, for Sunday's Premiership Decider. Channel 9 is the only place you can watch it live and exclusive at 7.30pm. Now, two men took centre stage, Chambers, in the lead-up to the Panthers' Rabbitohs match in Round 1. Now, as a journalist, Wayne Bennett against Ivan Cleary, but will we hear much from them this week? No. I mean, Billy's just about to start, but Wayne Bennett's the absolute genius. Well, uh, if the NRL follow through with the plans, which they do every year, Ivan Cleary and Wayne Bennett are due to sit side-by-side at a press conference later in the week. I can't wait to see how that plays out. The mind game will be well and truly be played by Wayne Bennett. He did the same thing when you made the grand final back in 2010. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that. But Ivan Cleary, he made it clear after the game, he's going to go sit back in the background, where, as, he's, as he said, where he belongs, uh, where he feels most comfortable. Sowie, Nathan Cleary found himself in a bit of an awkward position on the weekend when he was tackling Kenny Bromwich. Is he lucky to be playing? He had carryover points. Yeah, nah. It was ridiculous. Oh, I didn't even think it was that bad a tackle, to be honest. Um, I think they'll be the most boring week of build-up for both these coaches because Wayne won't give any, any fuel and, and Ivan's scared off from a couple of weeks ago. So, And that's the, that's the right way to be. As boring as it's going to be for us to watch, they're going to let the players decide. So all the drama from the, a couple of weeks ago, we won't see any of that this week. I, I do look forward to the handshake, though, after them sitting They won't shake side. hands. It's COVID. They won't be allowed to touch no, each other. What about a fist bump? All right, Nathan Cleary. <laughs> fist bump. <laughs> if Wayne Bennett does a fist bump, I'll... I'll do what? I don't know. We'll talk about it next show. We'll all right, all right. Nathan Cleary will be playing in Sunday's Decider, but we have to uh, take a look at this week's Casualty Ward brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Now we'll find out whether a couple of other players will be playing or not this weekend. Uh, social media went into overdrive this afternoon when Channel 9's Danny Widler tweeted a photo of Brian Toto in a wheelchair. Yes, that's right. Viliami Kikau was uh, pushing his teammate... 
uh, Brian Toller in a wheelchair. Michael, is there any seriousness to this at all? <laughs> uh, Penrith look playing out. They are the walking wounded, Penrith. And I think the one that's in most doubt is Tavita Pangai Jr. I expect the rest of them to play. Bri uh, Brian Toller and Dylan Edwards didn't even train at all last week. They didn't do captain's run. They probably won't do the same this week. they just got to get through to the grand final. It doesn't matter. The only real concern is, is Pangai Jr. Yeah. Do, do we know that Souths are playing in the grand final? Look, we've done Penrith, and Penrith come out and tweet something like that. I, I just you talk about staying back and you know behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff, and then you're at a wheelchair. I get it. I see the funny side of it, but I also see the other side of it of the the attention that it brings and all that kind of stuff. We haven't seen one photo of South, and we're what we're nearly 25 minutes into the show. Mm -hmm. So I think the. <laughs> You put yourself out there. It's South's media day tomorrow, though. So I'm just saying. You put as, yourself out there. As uh, Michael said, there is one player that is generally and legitimately in doubt. It's Tavita Pangai Jr. He's in a knee brace. He has an MCL injury. Let's hear from the Panthers co-captain Isaiah Yo about Tavita Pangai Jr. Yeah, so he's in a brace, but I'm pretty sure they went for a scan either yesterday or this morning. So, look, I'm not 100% certain. Uh, I know he's getting around in a brace, but um, that's about all I can give you at the moment, to be fair. And look, I can't really remember the last time we sort of had our full 17 there since probably origin period, to be fair, with the, the injuries and, and stuff like that going on. So look, it's obviously not ideal, but it's, I think it's something we've dealt with um, well over that sort of period. So um, yeah, obviously, obviously, best case scenario would be you'd have your 1-17 to 17, um, all fit and healthy, but look, I'd, it's just never the case, I don't think, at this time of the year. So I'm sure Souths have got the sort of similar thing. All right, Isaiah Yo there. So, Tavita Pangai Jr. in genuine doubt. Moses Leota, if he returns this week from calf tightness or a calf strain, how big an in is that? A huge, because James Fisher-Harris and he have been, you know, some of the premier prop pairings that we've seen over the last couple of years. And James Fisher-Harris needs Moses Leota to take some of those carries and do the bullocking work so that Fisher-Harris can be as good as he can be. So uh, I think front-row tandems are very important, especially in this game. You look at how Nichols started, you look at how Tatola started a couple of weeks ago, and the criticism of South Sydney boys was they didn't have another gear. Then in that game against Penrith, Arrow come off the bench, Burgess come off the bench, Burgess ran for 212 metres. That was a crucial move by Wayne Bennett against his Penrith pack, so they need Moses Leota. The Bunnies say he'll be all sweet, but Adam Reynolds took a groin injury into the match over Manly, didn't kick goals. Sowie, he's one of the best general play kickers and goal kickers in the game, but if he is on one leg, how much could this hurt Souths? Oh, a lot, because to not see him kick in that for opening exchanges on the weekend concerned me, and then to not see him goal kick, it must have been a real problem. Now, Blake Taff, we've already seen how good he is and he can goal kick and stuff like that, but in the big moment... You need Reynolds. We've seen him do it so many times. Clutch goal from the sideline, a field goal, a big torpedo bomb to try and put Dylan Edwards under pressure. And if it's Cody Walker, who's you know, one of the best playmakers, but his kicking game's not his strong point. His strong point's running the ball, passing the ball, doing everything else, and the kicking game's usually left to Reynolds. So that could be a huge blow for South Sydney. All right. With all that in mind, it's time now for the guys to make their grand final prediction. So, Sowie, I'll start with you, your premiers. Oh, man. I just wrote down... Panthers 24, South 10. I just think last week was the hurdle they had to get over mentally and they go into this game, yeah, listen to what Billy Slater said, losing one and then winning one now. Um, my Clive Churchill medalist, am I doing that? Yep. James Fisher-Harris. Michael? I'm going to go 13-12, Penrith. Uh, I think it's going to be a nail bite. I think defence, like the last time they played, will be at a premium. Uh, look, I think the obvious one is, is Nathan Clear for Clive Churchill Melbourne. I don't think so. I think it'll be Appy Corrissau. I think he was the unsung hero last week of their win 
against the Storm. So happy Clive Churchill medal. All right, it's time to revisit the report card uh, in regards to the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls. So in terms of Melbourne, their fourth minor premiership in six years, a record 19 straight wins. Sowie, what do you give their season? An A. Yeah, remarkable. We, every year we wait for them to fall off and they were able to regenerate more talent. Harry Grant and Brandon Smith, we didn't know how that would work. They got to a prelim final, just didn't have their best game on the day. And as Billy said, you lose Christian Welch, who's a top five prop in the world. Uh, and then also Brandon Smith, who I think is the best number nine in the world at the moment. And it's going to take its toll, but they were very successful. I'm going to give them an A+. Plus. I base my, result, my ratings based on expectations at the start of the year. I didn't expect them to win as many games as they did to play the way they did. I know they didn't make the grand final, so you probably say I'm an idiot for giving them an A+. Plus, but the way they performed, the records they broke throughout the year, uh, yeah, I think they deserve it. A very different story for Manly. 0-4 to start the year. Well, they turned it around, didn't they, in a big way on the back of Tom Trebojevic's return to finish in the top four. Michael, what do you rank their season? Yeah, I'm watching Sowie scribble out his answer and copy mine. I'm going to go A. I'm going to go for the Seagulls. I didn't have the Seagulls in my eight to start the year. I know they were 0-4, but they've turned it around really, really well. Uh, there's just some pieces to the puzzle they need to, to slot in there, but they are looking like a, a genuine contender for many years to come. So, well done to Des Hasler, Tom Trebojevic, outstanding. A minus, yeah, they're remarkable after the start they had to the season to be able to get themselves to fight in a prelim final. Uh, and those young guys learnt some hard lessons in this final series that they're going to be better for in the next couple of years. So, Manly, the equation that really hurts them, zero from six against other top four teams this year. What is that missing piece of the puzzle that they need to turn that equation around next year? Defensively, they need to be better. They need to be better defensively as a unit. And their back, young back rowers, you know, I feel like I'm on repeat, but their young back rowers are supremely talented with the ball. Uh, but when they're starved of possession, you felt like it was, where's Tommy? Is Tommy going to get us out of this? And, and you can't win a competition like that. Uh, you know, even you think back to the great seasons that individuals have had, they haven't gone on to win those grand finals because you get into those big moments and you're looking around, team's done prep. And I just felt like that with Manly a little bit this year, that they were looking around, waiting for Tommy to rescue them. All right, tonight is a very special night in the NRL. It's Dally M Medal Night. We'll be, uh, well, in a couple of hours, we'll know who is the best of the best. So we know the five contenders after round 19. Nathan Cleary, he was out in front of Tom Trebojevic. Cody Walker, Daly, Cherry Evans and James Tedesco. They are an elite bunch, that's for sure. But, gents, I want you to reveal uh, how your list will finish. How do you think it'll finish tonight? Uh, Turbo, Walker, Cleary, Teddy, DCE. I think that... Yeah, DCE obviously polled a couple of votes towards the back end, but Turbo's season was unbelievable. You can't have that much chatter around how good his season was statistically and he won't win the Dally M. The, the one to watch is Cody Walker because they won a lot of games you know, in that period as well, so um, he might get some points. And played a lot more footy than Tommy. I'd love to see at the end of the night what the score is and Tommy based on the amount of points available. And is that the greatest ever Dally M? If he does win the Dally M, is that the greatest ever percentage of points scored because you'd imagine it'd be hard to beat. Oh, I'd say he'd be one. I've got Nathan two, Cody three, DCE four and James Tedesco uh, to round it up. Teddy will finish higher than DCE. Yeah. Teddy's season was... He finished strong. <laughs> Alright, Coach of the Year is another prestigious award that will be named tonight. There are a couple of worthy contenders, Sally. Who will take this out? Yeah, I think Trent Robinson will. You know, what an effort to be able to go through so many Devastating blows with retirements and injuries and still find a way to be you know, in the second week of the finals for me. I know Craig Bellamy. Uh, as I said, I think what they did throughout the year was outstanding considering 
But they don't reward that. The coach of the year's never been like that, right? We'll find out later tonight. Well, in 2010, Wayne Bennett, two minor premierships in a row. Yeah, but he's not in the grand final. But what I'm saying is, Wayne Bennett was in the grand final. Mm. The coach of the year is judged on coach of the year regular season. The Dallium is a regular season. It's not what you do in the finals. Well, that's why why I said Craig Bellamy should be the Dallium coach of the year. They were outstanding. They they broke a record. They they, they were outstanding, Melbourne. I'd I'd be surprised. Not, Not taking anything away from Trent Robinson. Reality is, Cameron Smith retires. They have the change of the guard. And Melbourne still produced the goods. All right, another prestigious award, uh, Rookie of the Year. There's been some great rookies in season 2021. Who takes out this gong, Sowie? Sam Walker for me. I think you have a look at his stats. Yeah, the way he came in. It was a good learning year for Sam Walker and the Roosters going forward. I think that'll hold him in good stead. Yeah, Sam Walker for mine. Joshua Starr, Dane Laurie will be up there, but yeah, uh, Walker for me. Interestingly, speaking to most players a couple of weeks ago, the finals launch, and most of them said Josh Schuster, which surprised me. Anyway, uh, make sure you tune in to the 2021 Daly M Medal Awards Ceremony. It's live and exclusive on Fox League and KO from 7.30pm tonight. All right, now it's time for Hit or Miss. I loved Saturday afternoon's prelim between the Storm and the Panthers, so there's still room for blockbusters finals in the daytime. Sowie. Hit, hit, hit. Best question of the year. Loved it. Was able to have lunch, enjoy the afternoon festivities. Couple of quiet ones. Loved it. I hit. couldn't agree more with you, Sowie. It just felt like a final to me. Yeah. It just and it rated, it rated through the roof. Yeah. It did rate through so, the roof. 30% up on last year. So moving forward, Chamus, you're well, in the know. Well, Are we any chance? Day, it's, it's moved to a night. The grand final specifically is night time to accommodate with television to get prime time and to get the viewers. But if you're getting a product that we did on the weekend because of playing in it the was daytime, cool, man. Like it, I think the NRL needs to have that conversation, which they are right now, negotiating with Channel 9 in regards to free-to-air extension. The question needs to be asked. I think we all agree, daytime football, especially this is in, in New South Wales going forward, in grand finals, a bit dewy out at night. We get a better product during the day. I needed a couple of hours to calm down after that game on Saturday. If it was a 10pm finish, I'd be still up at 1 in the morning. <laughs> I don't know how the players do it. Uh, moving on, uh, I know a lot of people say that he's already the best fullback in the game, but in big moments, when Manly needed him the other night, and so you touched on it, Tom Trebojevic didn't really stand tall. So Tom Trebojevic must stand up in the big games to be considered the game's number one fullback. It's an interesting one. I'm going to say hit because we've seen James Tedesco. I still think James Tedesco is the best number one uh, in the game uh, because of those big moments, because of standing up. Now, Tom had some fantastic touches in that first half and they were just a little bit unlucky, but I just the, the larger body of work and he will need to stand up and adjust his game a little bit because you know, if we learn anything out of this final series for Manly is that there is a bit of a blueprint there. You know, that the teams have come up with South and Melbourne on how to limit you know, Tom Trebojevic uh, and his impact on the game. Chamis? Uh, I disagree. It's a miss for me. Uh, that Origin 1 performance, big game, played one of the best Origin performances we've seen from an indiv- individual. Again, on time. the front foot. On the front foot. But this is, this is the problem Manly find themselves in. Their roster is heavily skewed to three players. They've got $3.3 million put on Jake, Tom and Daly Cherry Evans. When you have that, the people around you, the pieces around the puzzle are not going to be as strong. And I think that gets exploited in big games. And guys that we thought that, yeah, guys that we thought... Melbourne have just done it for a decade. Come on, mate. Melbourne, the Melbourne just did it for a decade. Yeah, I understand, but the pieces around them have always been strong. On track. There's a lot of guys in that Manly team at the start of the year who you said wouldn't be first graders at other clubs. And that's why I said they've done a tremendous job. So I think Tom Trevojevic has done a fantastic job over the course of the year. And in big games, yes, Manly haven't... I don't think you can put it on Tom Trevojevic. I think you put it on Manly. Okay. All right. Speaking of number ones, Latrell Mitchell 
will return to the centres in 2022, Michael Chamis. Uh, do you know something that we don't? I, like, I think it's a miss. I don't think they're going to tinker with what they've been able to do there. Yeah, Blake Taft, Mayfair in the halves. They've got young Lachlan Ilias. Uh, I think it's a miss. Yeah, miss for me. I think Taft will play at seven and Walker at six. Luttrell at fullback. Is Taft a genuine half? I think the talk He's is so Lachlan Ilias is more of the seven, but we've seen he needs to be in the team somewhere. Uh, Hence why this is. question has been asked. Yeah. I don't think you... Look... Latrell's days as a centre are over because he needs to be able to touch the footy as much as he can and he's not going to get it in the centres. Okay. He needs to be playing fullback or 5'8". That's why you're the expert and I'll just get back in my box and <laughs> move on. Dylan Edwards is the most underrated fullback in the NRL. If we listed all the fullbacks, he's, he's not in the top five, but he's probably about seven or eight. Yeah, he probably, he probably doesn't get paid that well though. Like I, th- I think he, I think Penrith get value for money out of him definitely. Well, you yeah. made the point here. I think it was last week, and and you said that Penrith rate him so highly because of all the stuff that he does off the ball and and the way he controls the defensive line. But he is never in the conversation of a big player. And on the weekend, he was so safe in big games. He's genuinely so safe for Penrith. I don't think he's the most underrated. I think he's underappreciated in terms of. Everyone outside Penrith, you know, who's the, who's the most underrated fullback in the game? Oh. Well, now that you're saying that, you're, pro- you're probably right. I'm well, trying to think. I mean, th- that's part of the, the show. This is why I, you pay the big dollars. So you've got to back up your right. argument. If it's a miss, you've got to go. Well, here's why. Oh, you're probably right. Hit. I'm trying to think at the moment who's the most underrated. Then Will Kennedy's pretty underrated. Yeah, he had a good season though. Edwards has been doing it for a lot longer. So yeah, I'll, I'll say hit. I think he's. It's easy, you guys are easy well, to turn. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Jamal Fogarty, there's been a lot of chat about uh, him potentially heading to Canberra next year, and he is the answer for the Raiders, Sowie. It's a miss for me because the chatter around is it might be a straight player swap with, with Hodgson. You know, I think they lose a lot if they lose him, so um, it'll be a miss for me. I think that they they do need a halfback, but you know, Jamal Fogarty probably didn't have the greatest year in terms of setting the house on fire for that Gold Coast side. He's still got a lot of talent, but... Yeah, I think they'd need a little bit more, you know, from uh, from the halfback. Yeah, I'm with Sowie. I don't think he's the answer for Canberra. Uh, I don't think he's the answer for the Titans. Unfortunately, they need to find a controlling seven. But yeah, I, I don't see the the Raiders really winning with with that that trade if it happens. And finally, uh, you mentioned him before. Daily Cherry Evans' contract for life has been worth every cent. Michael. Good question, Zach. Uh, finally, I'm going to say, I'm going to say miss. Oh, just, just slightly miss. I, I, it's a it's a nick for me. <laughs> I think I think that because like he ha, they have what what he's provided them is stability in that seven, which we know out there isn't available. They're, they're, the quality number sevens aren't falling off a tree at the moment. So Manly have got one and they can build a team around, which they have. Has he delivered them grand finals and premierships? I think this is the furthest they've come since he re-signed there. No, he hasn't. But what he has given them is assurances they've got the, one of the best number sevens in the game. You've, you've just confused me with your answer. Well, that's so. the whole point of the segment, isn't it? No. Um, it's a hit or miss. Yeah, miss for me. I think if you're on a million, you know, the pressure of, of being a million-dollar player, I would love to have known what that felt like. But this is the furthest that they've come. You know, if you're looking at it, we're results-driven business. You know, you need to be able to be in those big games, and, and they haven't. So, And we've always heard how under salary cap pressure, how much pressure they've been under... under to build that team around him. So, yeah, I would say miss. Well, thank God that is the end of Hit or Miss for this week. Uh, Chamus, over to you for Champ and Chump. Yeah, we'll go with Chump first. Uh, oh, will we? Yeah, we'll go with Chump this week, if that's OK with our producers. I, I'd like to bring to our attention the Captain's <laughs> Challenge. 
because I'm getting a bit frustrated with how we use the captain's challenge. I don't like the fact that teams go and make a call for a captain's challenge and then the bunker decides to go back and look at other things. Hang on a second. No, no, I want to challenge what I, what the referees, I believe the referee stuffed up. You can't go back and look at an offside that happened to actually make me look bad. I, I don't like it. And it's happened a lot of times throughout this final series, throughout the year. Captain's challenge, if the referee says this is what I've called, that's, that, that's what the bunker should look at. Don't go back and check something else. That's my chump. The NRL system needs to be changed. Sowie, stop shaking your head. Okay. I said it 25 rounds ago, mate. Okay. Okay, and, and your why champ. wasn't that a penalty from where he kicked the ball? Where is yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. Isn't it? Is that the rule? I think, man, you need to just get in the bunker, mate. Yeah. Sort it out. Oh, me, please. Me, you and Gus. Please. Right, finish it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and my champ of the week, uh, I'm going to go Benji Marshall. Uh, look, it could have been the end of the career of Benji Marshall. Thank God he gets one more game, potentially finishes his career with a premiership. What a career it's been. Uh, I had the pleasure of speaking to, to Wesley Giles, uh, the father of young Leighton Giles, who, who Benji took under his wing 11 years ago. Uh, the story in the Sydney Morning Herald about his influence and he said the father of the child said he saved ben, Benji saved his life with the influence he had. Doctors gave him six months to live uh, and I thought the scenes that many years ago showed who the real Benji Marshall was will be remembered as one of the greats but off the field uh, no one has a bad word to say about him so hopefully for Benji finishes with the premiership, another premiership that he deserves. Yeah well said and the fact that uh, his pre last grand final in uh 2005 is incredible. 16 years on, he's there, and it all it all seemed to hit him after the game. He was in tears, trying to get away from the cameras, but he'll take centre stage uh, this week in his final ever game tomorrow. NRL teams take centre stage here on NRL.com. It's the one thing you can't miss in the lead up to Sunday's grand final. Neve Owens, Brett Morley, and Robbie Farah reveal the official team list for the decider as soon as they drop. Set your alarms for 3:55 p.m. tomorrow afternoon before the Rabbitohs and Panthers teams will be revealed at 4pm. Uh, a little bit rogue, gents. I know you're excited. It's grand final week. Let's hope Wayne and Ivan produce the goods like you guys have today, all right, during the week. Next week's our grand final, our last show. It is our last show. Make sure you tune in next Monday. We'll review the 2021 NRL grand final. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the build-up to The Decider this week.